What up, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to the Work Hunt Dad podcast. It's me, Kyle Geary, and I guess while we're stuck inside, you uh, might as well be listening to some quality podcasts. Uh, I'm sure you can search around and find some, but since you're already on mine, you might as well go ahead and give it a listen. Uh, tonight's episode is uh, It's Okay to Be Scared. And that may sound like that I'm playing off of this uh, Corona, COVID, whatever you want to call it. But that's been the the name of this episode for a couple of weeks now as I've been working on it. So uh, I'm not going to get into a bunch of the Corona stuff and what's going on in the world. You all know it. You don't need to hear it from me. But, uh, you know, fear is a it's kind of a tricky word. Um, you know, some people see it differently than others. Some see it as a weakness. Uh, you know, some see it as, you know, just a natural part of life. You know, you naturally have things that you're scared of. Uh, and you know, as a hunter, we get presented with fear, um, in a little bit different ways than most people because a lot of times we're out alone in uh, secluded areas before daylight after sunset and I don't care who you are what you do you spend enough time in the woods in the dark and something's going to creep you out and most time it's your imagination but it's going to happen one of the uh, one of the one of the scariest times I've ever had in the woods. Uh, I was nineteen or twenty. I'm going to say twenty, just so I got a nice even number to work with there. And uh, the backstory behind this point of me being scared was growing up. Uh, I really liked. Uh, the Sleepy Hollow story, the Headless Horseman, Ichabod Crane, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I used to check out the VHS from the Central City Library all the time. And uh, for everybody under 25, VHS is a rectangle piece of plastic with some film inside of it. And it goes through a VCR and plays movies. You got to rewind it. But, uh, you know, just so nobody's lost in here. But the uh, the Headless Horseman thing was always one of those things I like to watch. Which is weird. Because I'm not a big fan of scary movies. Or haunted houses or any of that stuff. Um, but I like that story. Even though it, even the cartoon scared me a little bit when I was a kid. I'll be honest with you. Um, but... When I was about 20, it was turkey season, and the Johnny Depp version of Sleepy Hollow was out, and uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, I decided I'd watch it one Friday night before I was going turkey hunting on Saturday, and uh, the whole time that I'm driving down to the farm, I keep thinking about, you know, the Hiddles Horseman and all this stuff, and I'm like, God. Just stop thinking about it. It's not real. It's not real. Just stop thinking about it. And then uh, 
if anybody's listening to this that's ever been to the farm that I hunt mostly, um, it's a long gravel road, and you got a side road that goes into the actual farm, and you go past a couple of old barns, and one of the old barns I parked directly in front of, uh, except this morning. <laughs> I didn't park where I could see inside the barn. I kind of went around to the side and parked. But uh, I get out of the truck, and you know I'm still thinking about it and trying to get myself to stop thinking about it. But, you know, when you try to make yourself stop thinking about something and then that's all you can think about, that's kind of what I was going through. But um, it was a full moon. It was bright outside, you know, clear sky, no clouds. And uh, so I'm walking in and I'm still seeing, you know, headless horseman shapes coming through the woods and stuff. But uh, I go down and the spot that I was going to was... The field is kind of, uh, so it's a big field and then a block of woods on the other side of this big gully. And it, now it's a really steep ditch that they've dug out and dredged. But then it was just more of a gully, uh, you know, 15, 18 yards wide, real sloping banks. And the turkeys used it like a highway. So you got a field, gully, block of woods. On the field side of the gully, there's another block of woods. And then on the wood side of the gully, there's another field. So it's like the fields are diagonal from each other and the woods are diagonal from each other. Well, the ditch runs straight east and west. So I sit up on this gully and there's a couple of birds gobbling, uh, you know, 10 minutes before uh before light and i'm set up and the moon is just about down in this gully and it looks just like i mean it looks like a flashlight or a train light or something you know down the end of this long gully and the fog from the field directly in front of me and the fog from the field diagonal start converging into this gully and what I can only assume was some sort of demonic low pressure and it started vortexing and it was kind of swirling up through there with the wind and then the moonlight set behind it and I swear to you I saw the headless horseman come out of this fog and <laughs> I really didn't see anything but all I could I mean I could just imagine this thing coming and I couldn't sit there. I had myself so creeped out. I was like, nope, gone. So <laughs> at 20 years old, I got scared of some fog in the dark. And I walked to my truck. And the whole time I'm walking, I'm it's like the walk of shame. And <laughs> I'm just like, I cannot believe that I'm 20 years old. And I've scared myself with my imagination to this point. Even though I knew it was my imagination, I still wasn't going back and sitting down, though. I can tell you that much. So I go set the truck, and I'm mad at myself. But in the back of my mind, I'm still a little scared and a little creeped out. 
So I'm not going back down there for a little bit. Well, sun, you know, starts coming up and everything lights up. I go down there, birds gobbling in the other field. I set up, call him to me, end up killing a really nice bird that morning. And it's a bird I'll never forget. I'll give it that. But I still, I scared myself to the point that I almost cost myself a turkey just off of my imagination and, and not being able to control that fear. And it sounds silly, but I mean, I, I'm not scared to tell you. I've told that story many times, but it happened. And looking back now, it's kind of funny that I let myself get so scared. But I guarantee you, everybody listening to this podcast, whether you're a hunter or not, at some point in your life, after your childhood years, you know, your teenage years, up into your early 20s, maybe even into your 30s or 40s, have been in the dark and let your imagination scare you. It just happens. And uh, it's just one of those things, you know, human nature. I've sat in the I've sat in deer stands that I've hunted in that spot for years. And before daylight, sit there and think I'm looking at a deer only for it to get daylight. And it's a stump or a bush that's been there for, you know, 10 years. So your eyes do things in the dark and your mind does things in the dark. So, I mean, I'm, I'm embarrassed by it, but I'm not like deadly embarrassed by it. But uh, I wasn't going to go down the the virus route, but I got to tell you all this too. So yesterday I get up early and I go to a plant. We got a job going on and I get there and I have to go through the safety meeting like everywhere I go to. And uh, one of the big topics is, you know, the Corona thing. Well, before I got there, I had left so early I couldn't get breakfast anywhere. So I ate a package of crackers about, I don't know, a minute and a half before I pulled in the parking lot. And uh, I get up to the meeting and they're talking about, you know, the corona and the symptoms and what to do and, you know, all that stuff. And I don't know where it came from, if it was hiding behind a tooth somewhere in my throat. I don't know. But a piece of cracker, some somehow broke free from where it was and it got lodged in my throat and and I feel a cough coming but I don't want to cough in the middle of the corona awareness speech here and I'm trying to hold it in and it turns into that feeling of like when you're trying to hold in a laugh in church and and everybody's looking at me and I'm doing my best to hold it in and trying to clear my throat to get it to go away. But I mean, there's, there's a cough just hanging there ready to come out. And, uh, you could see, you could see a little concern on the people's face around me. I thought they were going to, you know, put a plastic bag over my face and send me out to the truck and quarantine me off. But I explained that it was a cracker. and I guess they believe me. Um, I didn't get quarantined, but there was some doubt in their face. I could see it. So, you know, fear comes in all different shapes and forms, I guess. You know, now, uh, you know, a public cough yeah, can be a fear for a lot of people. 
but you know, there's there's things that that I'm that I still fear and I'm still scared of, and one of them is uh, you know it's constantly and it's the fear of being a dad. Um, not that I'm scared of my kids, even though Weston does scare me just a little bit. Sometimes he does this evil little laugh, kind of makes you think he's you know plotting your death. But um, you know the fear of being a failure to my boys or not providing for them or not taking care of them. Uh, it's real. I mean, I think about it all the time. You know, am I doing enough? Am I doing too much? You know, are they spoiled? Are they not getting what they want? Are they not getting what they need? So, so I, I mean, I'm constantly battling that. And I think every parent does, whether you're a dad or you're a mom or you know, you're an aunt, you're an uncle, you're a grandma, whatever you're right. Ra- if you're raising kids, you know, especially in the social media age where everybody's just waiting for you to do something silly so they can put you on Facebook and make you look like, you know, the worst parent in the world. There's a fear there that, you know, you don't want to mess up. You know, my goal for raising the boys is try to do right. You know, teach them right from wrong, teach them manners, teach them respect and, you know, hopefully they don't grow up to be a serial killer. So um, that's that's kind of been my parenting motto for a little while. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, one day the boys grow up and they're successful. And, you know, Wyatt may be a lawyer and Weston may need a lawyer. So it may work out great. Um, I don't know. But. You know, when when Wyatt was was born, I had that, and I think every dad has it. Moms are better at this stuff, and I don't care what anybody says. Moms are better. They they have it in their nature. But, man, I just thought he was going to break, you know, whether I was burping him or packing him. I just, I felt like I was going to just, you know, he was just going to fall apart on me. Like he was made out of porcelain. I didn't know then that babies are, you know, 95% rubber. I think they'll bounce sometimes some of the falls that Wyatt took, but, uh, I don't, I don't think that there's anything I could tell anybody that would make you not have those fears, you know, burping them, you know, you're like, Oh, am I hitting them too hard or whatever? But, you know, it, it's something that you get past that, you know, it, it does happen. But then you have the fears about, am I raising them right? Am I doing things the way I should? Uh, you know, do I spank? Do I do timeouts? You know, try not to yell. That one's really hard, you know. Um, so I try not to yell in public. But. You know, after you tell them 20-something times to do something, it's hard not to. And, you know, judge me all you want, but it's really hard sometimes to not lose it, you know, about things. But um, what I learned through that is that, you know, a lot of fear is just the fear of the unknown. And it takes me back to whenever I was a kid and I was in the woods 
you know, the things I would be scared of. And, and one of the things that fear taught me is that, um, it's a great motivator. I mean, it really is, you know, the fear of losing always drove me to try to win more whenever I was playing sports and, and fear can, it can make you focus. And, you know, you, you hear these stories of people doing incredible things in life or death situations. And, uh, you know, it can be, it can be a good driving force for you, but fear also can teach you something and it's faith. And, um, you know, one of the, one of the earliest things I have of, you know, learning about faith was when my dad, when I first started hunting, still with my dad, but not sitting with my dad, when he would put me in a deer stand or put me in a turkey spot or whatever the case may be, you know, and I'd watch him walk off in the darkness. And if you know my dad, then, you know, I could usually follow him wherever he was going by the glow of the Marlboro. But <laughs> that was, uh, you know, just seeing him walk away and I'd sit there in the darkness, you know, and the tree next to me looked like a grizzly bear and uh, the, uh, you know, the sounds coming through the woods were, you know, a, a demon coming after me or, you know, a ghost or whatever you want to call it. But I always knew that he was going to be back. You know, it didn't matter how long he was gone. I knew he was coming back for me. So I always, you know, I, that's what I went back to. And it's a lot like, you know, I mean, it was a lesson in faith. You know, I know it's happened before. I know he didn't leave me before. I know he's going to come back. So, you know, I learned, I learned a little bit of faith um, through that. And, uh, now whenever something scares me or has me worried, you know, I try to look back on some of that stuff and I look at other situations in life that I've had similar. Okay. I got through that. I can get through this. And, uh, that's one of the ways that, that fear can be a positive. And, and, it, and that's why I say it's okay to be scared. It's okay to not know. It's okay to not be sure. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, a lot of times we see being scared as, uh, you know, as a negative and it's in a negative connotation, but you know, the things that we're scared of in our life of, you know, not succeeding or not getting something done or whatever, that, that can be a great, a great motivator to be better and do better and work harder. And, You know, it's not a it's not a direct quote about fear, but one of the things that uh, that I heard was Norm Charlton from the Reds said that you know the 1990 Reds, wire to wire champions, by the way, one of the things that made them such a great team was they hated losing more than they loved winning, and and that's that's a that's a fear in another way of saying it. You know, you, you're, you're so 
scared to lose that you won't let yourself lose. And that's, I mean, that's really what, what our life can be. I mean, you know, work on being, working so hard and giving enough effort that you know you can't lose, then you don't have anything to be afraid of. You know, uh, just because you don't succeed doesn't mean necessarily you lost. You know, you can fail at something and still get a positive out of it. So there's no reason to think that, you know, fear is a bad thing. And, uh, you know, as a dad, you're not supposed to be scared. You know, it wouldn't matter if I was sitting on the couch and two grizzly bears and a mountain lion come in. My boys think that if they get behind me, that nothing's going to get to them. You know, dad's not scared. You know, if something scares me, I'll go get dad. And uh, and, and that's kind of the way it should be. You know, as, as the man in a family, you're charged with being the, protect, the protector along with being the provider. So it's one of those things where it's okay to be scared inside and use that as motivation and use it for your fight and your drive. I try, I try not to uh, say that, yeah, I don't get scared or things don't bother me because sometimes it does. I mean, sometimes something, you hear a sound you haven't heard before in the woods and, and your mind starts, you know, trying to figure out what it is and picking things out. But whenever, you know, some of the real life fears that that we face are a lot of them are like things in the darkness you know we kind of make them more than they really are and you know i found that a lot of times in life you know the things that i that i'm scared of and that i worry about a lot of times they end up working out. They may not work out like I want them to, and you know they, they may not always go as planned, but very rarely are they as bad as I've envisioned, envisioned them in my mind. And I'm talking about day-to-day, -day, you know, work worries and family worries and things. Not, you know, not serious and, and, uh, life-altering type things. I'm talking, you know, just the things that that you hype up in your mind. You know, how am I going to get this job done? Or how am I going to pay this bill? Or, you know, how am I going to handle this situation with my kids or my wife or whatever? And, and you, you get all this stuff. And a lot of times you just need to realize, hey, it's just a bush in the dark. When the light comes to it, it's, it's going to be nothing. You know, you think about how many problems or issues you've had in your life that you lost sleep over, that you worried about constantly, that ended up being nothing. You know, now you look back on it and you can barely remember the details of it. 
And back then when it was going on, you were stressing over every part of it. And that's one of the things that I really try now as I look back on things, you know, when something, when I'm worried at work and, you know, about a job coming up, I just look back and and I think about all the times when a job seemed impossible or too much or, you know, the timeline was too close or whatever. And we always got it done. You know, we, we got it done. And we got it done safely and efficiently and and satisfied our customer. And that's one of the things that I I try to remind myself of, but I try to remind the guys on my crew of too. Hey, you know, we've been here before. We've had our back against the wall and we didn't fix it by worrying about it. We fixed it by getting in there and getting it done and realizing when it was all over with, it wasn't nearly as bad as what we had hyped it up to. And, you know, I try to tell people, hey, don't don't anticipate the problems. You know, don't worry about what might be a problem. You can worry about it once it actually is a problem, but don't worry about it until it is a problem. You know, don't don't go into something thinking, oh, God, this is going to go terrible. I know it is. You know, one time we did this and we had this, this and this because it doesn't help. You know, going into something with a negative attitude is never going to help the situation. You know, go into it with a realistic attitude, be positive and understand that you got through it before. Even if it's not the exact same thing, you know. And I think that probably the biggest part of societal issues today come from worrying about things we can't control. You know, you can't control what the government's going to do. You can't control what Iran or Saudi Arabia or any foreign country is going to do that's going to affect our oil prices, stock markets, that type of stuff. So worrying about it doesn't do anything. And posting negative stuff on Facebook dang sure doesn't do anything except start fights and, and all that stuff. You know, I said I wasn't going to go into the coronavirus and all that stuff. But in closing of this episode, since we're talking about being scared, the only thing that I I want to say about it is that we're not doing any good by sharing and talking about all the negative stuff that goes with this okay we don't need you to to post things and you know say listen up people this is getting real it is real it's not a hoax you know my personal opinion on it i think that you know we need to be safe we need to take proper precautions uh things that we should have been doing all along like washing our hands keeping our distance from others you know, it's, you know, it's flu season. You should have been doing that stuff anyway. You know, you should be washing your hands anyway. But, you know, respecting personal space and that type of stuff is really what we need to do. You know, while they're talking about these quarantines and all this stuff, look, 
if we got to stay in for 10, 14 days and shut down all this stuff, okay. If it'll stop the spread, I'm for it. Um, now, I have some other thoughts on it that a lot of people probably don't agree with, and I'm not going into that stuff, and I'm not going into political stuff or who's doing what and who's passing what bill, and all, I'm not. We're not going down that road. Um, you know, I'm going to try to keep this like dinner table conversation. You know, you don't bring up politics. And um, what I think can come out of this, though, is maybe we get a little less dependent on societal things and we put a little more emphasis on taking care of ourselves, taking care of each other, being mindful, and being respectful of those around us. And, you know, you, you don't want something like this to be the reason that it, that it happens, but, you know, anybody that was in western Kentucky in 2009 when the ice storm hit, um, you know, a lot of places were out of power 14, 16, 18, up to 30 days, some more than that. And, uh, you know, you really saw communities coming together. You know, people were taking care of each other and, you know, making sure their elderly neighbors had, had food, had water, had heat, uh, you know, there was families cohabitating together um, because somebody had a wood-burning stove and was able to heat their house or somebody had a generator and they were able to wire it into their box. So they were able to have a stove and a refrigerator and a furnace or whatever the case may be. And while we don't want to get into cohabitating, while we have a infectious disease spread, we can still take care of each other, you know, stop, stop hoarding stuff, except for ammo. I'm all for hoarding ammo, but you know, stop, stop going to the grocery store and buying food that you don't need. You know, there are people out there that need it, you know, and they're, they're going around looking for it. And, you know, it happened to me last night and luckily I was able to take care of it, but Weston's sick and, uh, needed some some Tylenol and I went to Walmart last night and because you know the news said that ibuprofen doesn't work on this or is not helpful in this coronavirus thing there was no Tylenol left in the children's section I mean the liquid the chewables the grape flavored the regular whatever there was nothing at Walmart and I mean even during the peak of cold and flu season you can go to Walmart and get Tylenol. But last night, I mean, there was nothing. I found some today, you know, thanks to some people put me on some tips and I was able to go out and, and find some. And, you know, and now he's got Tylenol to rotate with his ibuprofen and stuff. And, and he's good. But, you know, we need to think a little bit about some of this stuff. You know, stop being all about you. You know, it's not all about you. 
you know, it's, it's about your neighbors. It's about your friends. It's about people you don't even know that live in your community. You know, when you start depleting resources like that, you're affecting everybody. You know, I, it, it's one of those things to where they're not shutting down grocery stores. You can still go out and get what you need as you need it, you know. But look, I'm telling you right now, for 14 days, you do not need six buggies of groceries and three buggies of toilet paper and paper towels. You don't need it. Now, I know a lot of people haven't cooked for 14 consecutive days anymore. So they don't know how much food they need, but you don't need that much. Okay. So, you know, as I close out the episode tonight, I just want everybody, if I can leave you with just one thing from this, one thought, you know, laughing about me being scared and I'm sure some of you are going to get a, you know, little kick out of that. But if I can leave you with one thing, it's take care of each other. Right? Don't don't be a don't be a I person or a me person. You know, take care of those around you and, and make sure, you know, check on your neighbors, make sure they're okay. Um, you know, you can do that from six feet away. You go knock on the door and stand back, you know, talk to them through the glass door. Hey, you okay, you need anything? Go into the store, you know, you may pick you up anything, whatever the case may be. So That's what I want everybody that listens to this to come away from it thinking that, hey, we're all scared, at least a little bit. Even if you, you know, you're like me and you think it's a little bit overblown at this point, but, you know, there's still a little bit of fear. You don't know what it's going to do. I don't know what it's going to do. You know, trust the experts and, and look out for one another. So I thank you for listening to this. Um, Sorry that I got off on a little seven, eight minute tangent there. Um, Not so much about the virus, but just more about being, being human. So thank you guys. Um, Looking forward to, uh, to the next episode. And um, I appreciate everybody that listens to this regularly. uh, All two and a half episodes now. And uh, hopefully uh, you enjoyed it and um, we can keep going with it. So thanks, everybody, and have a great week. Stay safe. Wash your hands.